0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Ten Point. Okay, my name's Sj. My name is Matthew. Hello, hello everybody. <laughs> hello, how, how are, are you, we Matt? doing?
1: It was the mid season finale. Confirmed. Confirmed. It, it, it was confirmed. the mid season finale.
0: Okay, confirmed. So that that was our <laughs> mid season break. We're moving into the second half of season one. <laughs>
1: Woo! Sorry about last week's thumbnail. If I leave that cold <laughs> open in, you'll hear you'll hear the creative process.
0: Yeah, Matt. Yeah, we were In the admin chat We're like, I don't really want to know what to yeah, do here well, And Matt just goes, Boss Nass, boss Nass, yeah, boss Nass,
1: Boss Nass I copy pasted it a lot of times We <laughs> we live in the same house and our rooms are on opposite sides So I was I was uh, editing and, and like finishing the render for the YouTube video So I, I'm at my computer and he's across the house At his computer doing the thumbnail And then he, he messaged in the admin chat Was like, what should we do? And I was like, Boss Nass, Boss Nass, Boss Nass
0: <laughs> And then he asked, can you turn Boss Nass into a Reaper? <laughs> yep <laughs> And I was like, dude, Jeff Goldblum was would have a lot to say about this. Like, this is this is a just because we can,
1: yeah, doesn't mean we should. (laughs) Incredible, I absolutely loved
0: it. Yeah, so I'm sorry. I also left. (laughs) I'm sorry. I also left. Like, like I just blew the image of Boss Nass. Yeah, it's a little crunchy. It's a little so it's crunchy and so it's crunchy. You didn't you didn't fully say it. You didn't fully say it. I'm gonna
1: leave that in. You didn't fully say it. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's crunchy. But you know what? That's that's our brand. <laughs> that's our brand. I hope our thumbnails. I hope if we ever become like any kind of successful, I I don't want to hire someone to like professionally draw or like do that. Like they have to be like I'll they, still do They have them to be Nick
0: Slightly bad. It's yeah. got to be awful. It's got to be awful <laughs> in all the right ways. As we uh, as we move into the second half of season one, Matt and I are making big changes in our lives, and uh, yeah. I'm sitting here. Sipping on a cup of coffee.
1: I'm over here drinking Gatorade because both of us are cutting caffeine.
0: (laughs) I'm not necessarily cutting caffeine. I'm just trying to not spend like $10 a day on energy drinks anymore.
1: Yeah, I... That's
0: $300 a month, man. I'm trying to
1: cut it out completely like I'm still going to drink caffeine when we play D&D because if I don't nothing is going to happen.
0: Yeah, I think that's like my <laughs> one free day is yeah. like I'll I'll have energy drinks on D&D day but, but
1: uh yeah, I I've, I've started I've been wanting to take my health a lot more seriously for a while and like go to the gym and do all it's that good stuff. Good to you, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And uh last week last week I started a uh, very very close friend of ours who also plays D&D with us. Uh I've been going to the gym with him. Um he's actually he's like Actual good friends with like the assistant manager of the gym we go to, and he's a great dude, so he's been showing him a lot. And then I've been osmosising it from them, hmm. like a third degree of separation. But the workout's been great, I feel great. Um, but I do have something I want to complain about, yeah. Why does every old man have to just be completely balls out in the locker room in the sauna? <laughs> Why is it like a law that if you reach a certain age, you have to be like there's this dude, this didn't happen to me, but this kind of sums it up. Uh, our, my friend was, was talking about it. And he said that, like, there was an old dude that was just full naked spread eagle in the steam room. And he was like, oh, I hope you don't mind because I don't care. <laughs> it's like, why say, well, A, why say anything if you already don't care? And B, like...
0: Put your balls away, dude. <laughs> I think I, I don't know. I think once you get to a certain age, you just stop caring. I think but I care like, so much. But also, like, so I used to be significantly overweight when I was like in my late teens, early twenties, and I hated that about myself. So I woke up one day and I decided to make a change. And I made a change and I lost a bunch of weight and I worked out and I got really fit and healthy. And but to this day, like, you know, it's been a long time since I was overweight. But to this day, I still have a lot of self-image issues. Yeah, dude.
1: Body, and, body dysmorphia is a real thing.
0: And, like, it's it's never gone away. And in my head, I am still massively overweight. So any tiny imperfection I get really self-conscious about, like, I have... I legitimately have an issue with having my shirt off. Like that's why Me too. I, that's why I haven't been swimming in so long. Me too. Because I just don't like having my shirt off and I think about these old dudes like that and I'm like with with that like kind of self-image issue in my head like there's no way I'm ever going to get to the point where I'm just like here's my nuts. Check being, it out. 20 being, year old.
1: Being commando under a towel alone is like almost mortifying. I think the thing that makes it easier is that like there's a lot of different body types at the gym. There's dudes that are absolutely yeah. shredded, and then there's dudes that are not. And like everyone is wearing like the towel, and everyone's doing that. So it's like it's like that camaraderie thing of like, okay, well everyone else is doing it, mm-hmm. and then you got old man Jenkins in the corner like, mind, with his nuts <laughs> out, and you're just like, dude, there's a dude. I walked in the locker room. There's a dude. Cha- Welcome to the nuts episode. There's a dude changing one leg up, just full dangle, just yeah. Full no, ball.
0: there's like.
1: Why? <laughs> it's the only thing about the gym that I hate is every time I go into the locker room, I have to prepare for a mental flashbang of seeing balls.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a respect thing, dude. Like, I don't know. Respect yeah, old people do not have that. Respect the people that you're around and acknowledge they don't even want to see your back naked. So, like, minimize. Turn around. Minimize like, the nut. Yeah, yeah. please. That's,
1: that's, my, that's the only thing I have to complain about. Other than that, it's been great. I've been having a blast. I feel great. Um, but put the balls away. Please, for the love of God. Yeah. Not not cool. That's my that's my that's my gas station yeah, rant. Not, not gym cool balls. Bills. Not cool I don't know who his name is. He's grumpy though. That it just reminded like me
0: of a really weird story and I don't I don't know if I <laughs>
1: <laughs> What just happened? Are you okay? I... I I can't wait till we get a video element to this podcast because that would have been beautiful to rewatch over and over again.
0: I, don't know, I just I just thought of a story that I have from years and years ago and I don't even know if it would have a place in today's episode. So I'm just gonna tell it and if, yeah, if, if you we need cut, to it, cut it, cut, it, cut it. it. But I mean,
1: you 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 had my interest. Now you have my
0: curiosity. So I was a store manager at a coffee chain uh and at the particular store that I was at uh there's kind of this section of town that's where we live that's like really really ritzy and there's a lot of like higher end things in this particular Ugh. section of town yep that's where I work and I and hate it i worked in the southernmost portion of that area of town right where like the really really ritzy glamory stuff met the not so ritzy stuff uh so there was an interesting mix of folk down in that area, mm. so at at this store that I worked at, uh, they we had due to like the weird border of you know really rich north and not yeah, so it's rich like, south.
1: It's like every other car is a Bentley, and then immediately every other car is a ninety seven Honda Civic. Yeah, like it's wild.
0: Yeah, it's nuts. So because of being on that border, we had uh that is where all of the homeless population kind of migrated to uh in that area. So at the store I worked at, we had a regular who was homeless who would always come in and just get like water. Like, you know, we yeah. we'd give him giant waters and, you know, I'm really sympathetic to that, you know, to to homeless people in general. Yeah. Like it's it's a horrible life to live, especially where we live like yeah it's
1: dude, summer's brutal weather's weather's weather's,
0: weathers pretty rough sometimes uh yeah. where we live, so you know I would as the store manager like I'm going out of my way to try and help these people as much as I can. Well, we had this one guy, and we'll call him bill bill and, and <laughs> this guy was problematic to say the least, uh and there was one night he he came in at like five and I was closing that night. So we, I think we left at like 10 p.m. or so. But he came in at five and he just kind of hangs around and it's like, yeah, it's all right. You know, it's yeah, whatever air conditioning. Well, right before close, I want to say like 10, 15 minutes before close, he goes into the men's restroom and we're like, ah, whatever. And uh, we start doing our closing thing. And one of my coworkers was like, uh, I don't know, SJ, he's going to be in there a while. Like you, you might need to go do something. And I was like, it's dude, he'll leave. He knows we close at this time. It's fine. He did not leave. He was in there at close. So I'm like, ah, okay. And all I right. I walk up to the door and I hear the water running in the sink. And I, I like I knock on the door really loud because I have a really loud knock. And I went, hey Bill, like we're closed, man. You you need to go ahead and wrap up and get out of here. And he just kind of grunts. It was like, Ugh. and I'm like, oh okay, all right. And uh, I just kind of walk away. I keep doing my closing duties. Uh, my staff starts kind of finishing up. So I'm like, ah, dude, he's still in there. What the heck? So I go over and I knock on the door again. And I'm like, Bill, man, you, you got to leave. And he just goes, he just goes, fuck you. And I'm like, I've never heard him curse before. So I go, oh, okay, Bill, like, sorry if I upset you. But like, it's it's time for you to go, man. Like the store is closed. We need to pull our registers out. And we can't have cash out of the registers if there are customers in the building. So, like, you need to leave. Yeah. And he just grunts at me again. And I'm like, dude, I don't don't know what's going on here. So I'm like, okay, Bill, if you don't leave, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to call the police. Yeah. And as soon as I said that, I hear just a bunch of stuff, like, flying around. And the water turns off. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm just kind of standing in the hallway listening to this ruckus. And then the door flies open. And he is butt-ass naked. And he is covered in like little chunks of soap. (laughs) He was taking a shower in the men's restroom and he has his bag in his hand and he just walks out just butt ass. naked. He just walks out, just dripping all over the place. And I look in the bathroom and it's just a goddamn disaster. Like there's everything is wet. There's soap everywhere. And it was like really dirty spots everywhere. And he just, he just leaves butt ass naked into the night. What? Yeah, what? That's. It was like a week or two later that I ended up transferring, but I never saw him again. <laughs> I, I have so many thoughts about that. That's
1: because there's there are areas that have like public showers. Mm-hmm. But he picked a that like a coffee shop bathroom. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man.
0: What? Like I said, you can you can cut that if we end up not feeling comfortable about having. No, that that's hilarious.
1: On, right? I'm gonna leave that in. That's hilarious. <laughs> Naked old men. Welcome. Well, that's the title of this episode.
0: Naked old men. Naked old men.
1: All right. Well, uh, with all that fun stuff being said, <laughs> uh, you want to move into to today's topic? That was hard to say. Yes. Cool. So today's topic. Uh, it's it's a lot more conversational. It's not a top three. It's kind of just. In in video games, in media, in books, like in, in every facet of of storytelling, you know, the center of any story is the hero, is the protagonist, is the person that's trying to fight the bad guys, is the person that's trying to accomplish the goal, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, right? Get the fruit. Get the, the fruit. Princess. Save the princess. Get the cake. Uh, but yeah, so... Video games, you know, kind of being the medium of storytelling that we're the most interested in, has had a lot of really, really interesting interpretations of being a hero because there are some games where it's very linear. It's very like, you know, you are this person and this is what you're doing and you do it and you win. And you're the hero just because you're the hero. Yep. And then there are some games where it's the same thing, but it like they take the more anti-hero or the more kind of like, well, what's the word I'm looking for? They take the, like, the lesser trodden path, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then there are some games like... Uh, games that we really like where you are neither a hero nor a villain and then you kind of just as you play the game and make decisions and change the world around you things get different and your character is remembered in other ways yeah yeah um i think personally the best example of that is infamous um, it's a game we haven't talked about. Have you ever played it? I've never played infamous. So infamous, it has it has like a morality system, kind of like uh like, like Nancy the Old Republic. Uh, mm-hmm. it has like a morality system. and uh, at, 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 at at like every mission in the game, there is a like a choice to be made. and mm-hmm. there's like the good choice, and then there's the evil choice. There isn't really like a neutral choice. But, uh, like, the game has multiple endings, depending on if you're full evil, full good, or, like, a little bit of either. Your appearance starts to change. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're evil, you have, like, red and black lightning and crap like that. And you're all, like, you look all evil. Messed up and, like, sithy. And then if you're all good, you know, your outfit's, like, white and you have blue lightning and it's Mm -hmm. all great. But... That as a kid, that always fascinated me Mm -hmm. because I struggle so hard with making bad decisions. You know what I mean? I can't. I I cannot make make people sad. I cannot upset people. I can't be the villain. I've done it just to like say that I did it, but I like skipped all the dialogue. I can't even do it it it. to say that I did it. Really?
0: Yeah. Like I I've had this conversation with uh, Roshanti actually. Yeah. Uh,
1: Shout out Roshanti.
0: Uh, in Mass Effect, like, I have played Mass Effect, I have played all three games, all the way through, probably 46 million times, and I cannot bring myself to be Evil Shepard. Like, I make, I'll make the decision, like, all right, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it in this playthrough, and I just can't do it, because, like, the dialogue prompts, it's like... Uh, like it'll say like the the little pretext in it will say like I disagree with that, and you go to select it, and you know it's the bad one because it's on yeah. bottom, and He's you're like, like oh yeah, I disagree with that, and then Shepherd says you're a fucking idiot. I can't believe you'd even think of that. Yeah, and you're, and you're like, like, like whoa, whoa, no, dude, like that's not what <laughs> I wanted to say. I love that. that. That
1: was my biggest problem with Fallout 4 is there's, like, the dialogue wheel was so, like, minimal. Like, it had one or two words per mm-hmm. option. And then there was one – there's, like, one side – like, I think the left side is, like, the sarcastic option – and sometimes your character just gives them a joke, and then sometimes your character's like, I'm gonna fucking murder you and spit on your grave. You're just like, dude, yeah. what are you it, on yeah, about? like that
0: is, that is not what I. That was not my intention. I'm so <laughs> yeah. sorry. It's, yeah, a little And I, like, I cannot bring myself to do it. I think the only time I've ever gone evil all the way through was when I played Knights of the Old Republic, and, and I was young it. and edgy and wanted to do that. But, like, now, dude, I cannot. I cannot do evil playthroughs in any <laughs> game. Can't do it. I feel so bad even though i'm like i've already made the good decision 78 times i know what's gonna happen i'm like well then i have to play the rest of this game <laughs> knowing what i did yeah
1: I'm like i don't want to deal with those repercussions uh, like that's man. horrible that's hilarious yeah i i struggle with this so hard i don't i've never even done a, an evil playthrough on uh on ice of the Old republic i've only ever done because yeah. once you get to the point I guess spoilers for a game that came out thirty eight years ago or however long it came out ago. Yeah, but when, Twenty years actually. Yeah. Probably on the dot. I think it was 03, 04. Yeah, once you get to the point where you realize that you were Revan, mm-hmm. like I can't be bad. Yeah. I can't be bad I can't be evil at that point. I yeah, have yeah. to be like, oh well I'm gonna do better. You because know what it
0: mean? because it's the hero's journey. Yeah. Exactly. Because you're like, oh, I was evil already. Like it'd be really stupid for me to have being. this opportunity to do things right, and then let let just, just throw away, let me just throw away my hot wife yeah. <laughs> and be evil
1: for the sake of being evil. You don't have to
0: throw away. She she, she, she turns into too. dark side at the end, and yeah. if you're evil, then she just stays dark side. But yeah, I know. Or do you kill her? I don't know. No, I don't remember, she, Basila lives. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, she lives because she's in Knights of
1: the Little Republic too, I believe. Uh, uh, she's mentioned at least.
0: Yeah, she's mentioned, but
1: um, but yeah, I, I struggle with it so hard. I've never played Knights of the Little Republic too really yeah it I've, was okay i've i've seen like half of it um and i
0: i like I like nihilus is cool it's got a longer start really it's got a longer start and the start of a of the Old l-
1: republic is like 20 hours what do you yeah, mean it,
0: it takes a while for knights of the old republic 2 to pick up and make you feel like you're playing knights of the old republic but it's all right it's okay okay um but yeah like games with morality systems are rough did you Sorry, you're another okay. tangent. Did you ever play Fable? Any of those games? No, I never did, but I've, I was just I've looking at them the it. other day. Uh, yeah, I
1: heard about it. the The first Fable, I believe, is what people regard to be like the best in terms of like just choice and all that mm. crazy stuff. But yeah, I've heard insane things about it.
0: Yeah, I like Fable and I think Knights of the Old Republic were two of the first games that introduced like a morality system that had an actual effect on the world around you and like changed your appearance and, and everything else. Super yeah. cool. Can't you become like the king of the underworld or some crazy stuff in Fable? Like you could just be God. I've never well, I I played the first Fable. It was like, you know, on some some friend had it on his system and I, yeah, you know, I think it was, it was like Xbox 15 exclusive. minutes of it. Yeah. But I've never played it. And oddly enough, just the other day I was there's a sale happening right now. Yeah, I it's think. like
1: the the ultimate or like legendary edition or whatever. And I
0: yeah, and I was just looking at the games and I was like, huh, I never played those. Like it'd be interesting to go back and experience that, but I never
1: did. Yeah, Fable 4 got announced, like, I want to say E3 2018 or something like that, and then also Rest in Peace E3 um, got canceled again this year, and it's probably never coming back, so that's upsetting. That's a bummer.
0: I did not know about that. I am hearing about this live.
1: Yeah, well, because, you know, like, Sony has their state of play, and Xbox has their showcase, and Nintendo has their directs, so, like... It, instead of going through E3 to show their stuff, they'd all rather just show it off themselves. So what's happening now is uh, Jeff Keeley, the dude that does um, the Game Awards in December, um, he he has a like a thing in the summer called Summer Games Fest, which instead of being E3 where the developers come to E3 and show their stuff, it's basically like a glorified glorified live stream event where they just show uh, like Xbox and Sony's like stuff like it's a talk show it's like a watch-along talk show basically uh if that makes sense um so it's a bummer uh e3 i loved e3 growing up i watched it every year
0: yeah it was oh. a big event every year it's like yeah. something new something cool i yeah. never watched it but you know I, I immediately did. upon the start of e3 i'm like you know on the internet like oh what's going on what I remember, I remember
1: being being in Skype with the homies watching E3. Oh, that's back, cool. Back when we used Skype, when Discord literally didn't exist and we couldn't afford a Teamspeak server. Ah, Teamspeak. I yeah, well, it, it's not. It's less so that we did couldn't afford a Teamspeak server, and more so none of us knew how to port forward. So. Oh, there was a Xfire. Do you remember that? I heard about it, but I never used I think, it. I think I, that's a little bit before my. early Yeah, I think time, I
0: used yeah. that back in the day. Uh, I don't remember much about it other than I feel like you could change your color palette for the, no oh,
1: probably the interface. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, we all, me and my buddies, we all use Skype. <laughs> that was the big thing. And then discord came out and we all just ditched Skype entirely.
0: So anyway, hero's
1: journey. Anyway, hero's <laughs> journey. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> I forgot. I tangented
1: too hard. We what did say it? this was going to be more of a conversational episode. Yeah.
0: I tangented too hard. I don't remember what I was talking about. Yeah, you're good. No. So one of, one of my favorite uh types of heroes and this is reflected in like every game i play like anD i tend to do this but i like the you know like the chaotic good kind of hero like the hero that isn't necessarily a good guy but he does the good guy things because he feels like he should or whatever the case may be um it's an interesting Interesting example of that. But my favorite story of a hero of all time is the story of Anakin Skywalker. Uh, Just because like he was this perfect hero and then life hit him in the face. And then he spent 20 years being horrible and evil and, you know, mass murder and et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of his story, he did something right. And I I love that about him. Like, I love the tortured. Hero thing yeah. Um, and then he made a bad decision. Like I like heroes that make bad decisions and then are able to do something with that later on. You know, like I don't like the, I guess the straight man hero where they're like, I am the hero because I am the good guy and I have all of the right values and morals and ethics. Like I like the guy that's teetering on the edge and then fucks up and has to pay, has to deal with those consequences and does something good with it. You know? yeah, Like,
1: my, um, sorry. You're good. My my favorite, like, fa- it's not, like, a theory, because it's obviously not true, but, like, my favorite, like, fan thing that I've read is, like, Anakin is the most dramatic human in the world, and, like, just, like, just pure drama all the time, and when yeah, he- Yeah, that's beca- why I when, relate when, to him. When he became Vader, he was even more dramatic, and, like, all those posts on, on like, Reddit and stuff about, like- when he was standing, uh, like on the on the the uh, like the drawbridge, I'll say, uh, at the end of Rogue One. And like watching, oh yeah, he's using, cape- he using the force to billow his cape, and like hell yeah, in, dude, I in, would do in, the in, same in thing. In Star Wars Rebels, using the force to pilot his TIE fighter so he could stand on top of it menacingly and stuff like that. Yeah, dude, I, I read something that like Anakin didn't throw Palpatine over the ledge because he had a change of heart and wanted to save his son. He did it because it was the most
0: dramatic thing he could
1: do in that moment.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that that tracks. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> That's that's exactly who I would be <laughs> if I was Darth fucking Vader.
1: <laughs> I would I would use the Force to make my cape billow. There's an item in Dungeons and Dragons called the Cape of Billowing, and as a bonus action, you can make it flow in the wind.
0: <laughs> what does it do
1: for you? Nothing. It's just <laughs> called the Cape of Billowing, and you can make it billow. <laughs> I love that so much. But yeah, I just I, that I. Speaking of Darth Vader, but yeah, incredible hero's journey. Uh, yeah. And some it, would argue was, that he yeah. wasn't
0: because he spent 20 years of his life being literally a mass murderer. Yeah, well, he
1: also spent 20 years of his life being a mass murderer for the good guys. Yeah, so, like, it's, it's, it's a
0: matter of perspective, yeah. you know?
1: I'm not trying to say that the Empire were the good guys, but, like, you know, mm-hmm. everything that he did as Vader, he basically also did as Anakin just for the people that we consider to be the good guys. The whole Like, the Darth Vader stuff... Has always stuck with me more than the Anakin stuff because I, I know I mentioned it last week, but reading all of like the Vader comics and, mm-hmm. and like kind of the expanded lore of all that stuff, man, it sucks. Mm-hmm. I would not want to be Darth Vader. Like living in a suit that constantly tortures you so you stay mad. Like, not to mention the suit was designed to not work properly. Yeah. Like, Sidious purposefully gave him like a shitty suit. Yeah. And like there was one point where uh, in canon, Sidious offered him like a better, like an upgraded suit that would like just completely take the rain- ooh, just completely take the reins off and let him go nuts. Um, but there was a possibility that he could die. Um, mm-hmm. But Vader, being the drama queen that he was, he of was course, like, he was like, "No, I got, I'm gonna keep this suit because at this point, I've made it mine, and the pain fuels me." And I'm just yeah. like, yep, all right, <laughs> Vader, you go, you go, yeah. buddy." Uh, Sounds yeah. like Vader. <laughs> yeah, someone, someone that I I really want to talk about that I had talked about. Uh, briefly last week is alex mercer from prototype right um because the really really cool thing about that game is like uh, i know that i spoiled it last week but spoilers um the the plot of this game is that there's this insane virus going around that's like completely destroying everything Uh, and one of the big mysteries of the game is who released the virus and at the very end you realize that it was alex mercer who did it but because alex mercer released the virus he lost his memory he just kind of woke up and was like, "Oh, I can jump over buildings, and also I can turn my arm into these weird scythe things, and mm-hmm. like it's super gross. Like it's like a fungal viral kind of weird thing. Uh, I don't know how to describe it, but if you look up images of Alex Mercer, you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool because the the, the plot of the game is you're trying to like save your sister, and then you're trying to like figure out who released the virus." And it's this like kind of hero's journey because Alex Mercer has no memory of who he is, so he's like doing all these good things, yeah. And he's like like I would say objectively good things, like saving people and trying to stop this virus and doing all this stuff. And at the very end of the game, when that rug gets pulled and he he figures out that he's the one that released the virus, he immediately flips. He goes, he his philosophy becomes like, oh humans shouldn't exist because humans are awful and humans made this thing Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna use all the powers that i acquired and destroy all of humanity awesome like just immediately on a dime as soon as he realized that he was the one that unleashed the virus he was like no i'm gonna burn this to the ground because humans are the worst
0: Mm -hmm. um
1: and there was this really cool thing where he's like like alex mercer was that person and even though i have his body i'm really not him anymore so it's like it's kind of one of those moral things, but it's just really, really interesting to see him go from being like, I don't know why I can do the things that I do, but as long as I can, I'm going to use them for good. And then immediately being like, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to burn everything down.
0: Yeah. No, I, I love stuff like that too. Like Revan, like yeah. Alex Mercer, like finding out that you are the ultimate bad guy and then like, okay, what do you do with this information now? Like, I love it when, when games present that to you.
1: Yeah. I, I I think prototype would have been really cool if you had a little bit more like choice. It's very linear, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. kinda like it, what is happening is So going there to wasn't happen. like a
0: morality system? No, the no. The game no. literally has you just kill humanity.
1: No, so at the at the end of Prototype One, um they're like the military is gonna launch a nuke on the island. Which yeah after mm-hmm. after Alex Mercer had basically already saved it. Mm-hmm. So he went, took the nuke, stopped it, uh got blown up, but like he regenerated because he's Alex Mercer. He does that. Uh, and then at the beginning of the second game... In the second game, you play as a different character. You play as, like, James something or other. I okay. hated him. I hated him. He sucked. I would have much rather been Alex Mercer. Um, but, like, it's kind of like a... Not to keep harkening to our, to our D&D game, but it's kind of like an Archon-type vibe of, like... Alex Mercer was using the virus to destroy the world, but he also was like he infected the protagonist with the same virus that he had. Mm-hmm. Because his his mentality was either he becomes really, really strong and I absorb him and I become twice as strong, or he becomes really, really strong, kills me, and then I know that the world is safe. Right. One of those things. But like Alex Mercer yeah, too. Absol- yeah, he's absolutely laying waste to the world. Like that 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 is happening and he fully intends to win. Like, at the end of the game, I think Alex Mercer's dying words, like, as you're killing him, is, like, welcome to the top of the food chain or something like that. It's <laughs> super edgy, super yeah. edgy. But, yeah, it's it's just really, really interesting. Like, especially not playing as Alex Mercer, like, seeing him run around, do stuff, beat the shit out of you, and, like, be this super cool guy, you're like, oh,
0: that was me. So you fight Alex yeah, Mercer. he's oh, the okay. final boss of Prototype too. Yeah, that's one of my favorite NPC things. Yeah. The the NPC that you used to be. Yeah, the NPC yeah, that's
1: it's such a cool thing because you're just you're just like, what if I was controlling him?
0: Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. he was me.
1: Yeah, uh Alex Mercer has always been super, super intriguing to me. And I played that probably a lot younger than I should have, because it's a very bloody, very gross game. So warning for that, if you don't like that. Mm-hmm. That was probably like 13 or 14 when I played it, I want to say. I think it came out, like, oh eight, oh nine. I could be totally wrong. It's but. so
0: funny to think about stuff like that because, like, Unreal and Unreal Tournament were... Super gory games. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm using air quotes right yeah. now. And like, but back in the day. Yeah. And now you go back and play it. And literally, what made it gory is just like a little bit of blood spray when you shoot somebody. And then like you can blow them completely apart. And there's just like these little chunks. Yeah. That fly out. And like it's. Yeah. It's like, prototype
1: two, you're literally ripping people in half. Yeah. Gotcha. Like viscera and like. Yeah. Like, like the chainsaw and gears yeah. of war. Yeah. 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 It's super grody. Um, yeah, that was that that stuck with me a lot as a kid because, and you know, as a kid, I played like Call of Duty, where you're playing like objectively, like a good guy mm-hmm. trying to save the world from from all of that. I played a lot of, um, oh man, uh, I played like the Devil May Cry games as a kid, and Dante is again like a good guy. There's like zero moral ambiguity for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I played a lot of like those games. I played a lot of games where it was like zero moral ambiguity. Uh, and then. I played Prototype, and I was like, "Oh, this is radically different from everything that I've ever experienced. This is really cool. What is this?" And then from there is when I started playing like you know Saints Row, right. and GTA, and um, a game that I you know a game I literally just remembered existed like a day or two ago. Hmm. you remember Saboteur?
0: Yeah, that yeah, game was. Rad, yeah. I played it through once when it first came out and then I didn't touch it again. I played, it was really cool.
1: I played the crap out of that game. It was really cool. That game was rad. I want a saboteur too. I don't remember the name of the main character. I want
0: to say I don't know, but on, but the uh, just the whole gimmick with the art style and like how it was black and white, yeah. And like I super cool, super cool. Um, this is a really weird, not open ended, but this is a very vague question that uh, we'll just see where it goes. Uh, Sean Devlin. Sean Devlin, okay. Anyway. Um, how do you feel, Matt, about games with a very established main character versus games like Skyrim where it's like you know one thing about your past and then the rest is your decision to make? The deciding factor for me is that it has to be written well. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Like I prefer games like Skyrim where you have no idea who you are and what you're doing and And stuff like that. And you make those decisions And you make those decisions. But also, uh, the best example that I can call to mind right now, I love The Witcher. Mm. And Geralt is a historied, written, established character. Everyone knows who he is and what he's about. Uh, But I think he's a great character, so it's like, okay, cool. I don't mind being him because the game still does a good enough job of making you feel like you are the one that is him, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, obviously, if you create a character and name him, it's like, you know, you feel like that is you, but that is your avatar in this world. So it's a, it's a little bit, like, disassociated with characters like Geralt or even, to an extent, kind of Shepard, even though you make a lot of the, those decisions mm. for him and you can customize him. But if you just play as, like, default Shepard and, and kind of go the good route, it's like that's, that's what the game developers intended for that character to be, you know what mm. I mean? So it, it just has to be written well. The, that, that's my that's my only category because I, you know, as a and d player, like even though I probably wouldn't make an old looking dude with white hair and crazy eyes and wolf powers and all that crazy stuff, it's still a character that I can jump into and feel like it's me.
0: Yeah. And that's that's what I was just about to say is like there is a difference between playing a game and making yourself the character and like, oh, this is my character versus I want to step into the shoes of this other character and be them. And somebody that you actually want to be and play as. And, like, the best example that I can think of right now is Uncharted. Like, Yeah. Like, I don't care about Nathan Drake's backstory or anything like that. I legitimately enjoy being Nathan Drake and, like, playing through those games and going through his experiences and the things that he does. Like, I like being that character. And then there are other games that I like being the character that I build. You yeah. Know? um but the like you said it has to be done well yeah and like like the, i said nathan drake really has a very minimal backstory as you play through like one two and three obviously they expand on it more in four but even then it's kind of vague and kind of open-ended but the character himself i like enough that yeah. like it's it's still fun playing those games that, that's the
1: thing about characters like Geralt, and even to an extent characters like Nathan Drake, too. It's like, yeah, it's an established character, but I am not going to... You know, if you give two people the same suit, they're going to wear it differently. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? So, like, the way that I play Geralt, the weapons that I use, the armor that I use, the dialogue that I choose, the way I move around the world. Like, every mm-hmm. little thing that I do and how I play is going to be radically different than someone else, right? Right. So, he's still my character, even though everyone's playing "Gotcha, him, you know what I mean like I, it's it's my version of that character,
0: yeah, and I think the opposite can be said about Nathan Drake. like everybody does the same things when they play Nathan Drake, yeah, it's like it's like watching a movie as opposed to like making your own movie, like and I like games that are like watching a movie, but like a good one, you know,
1: like yeah, like cinematics and the yeah, set pieces and like
0: even even to a lesser extent, Gears of War, like I enjoyed playing Marcus Phoenix. Not because of his backstory or anything like that, like he's pretty much a straight man kind of character, yeah.
1: he's very like, kill the locust,
0: yeah, but i I enjoyed playing as Marcus Phoenix because of the impact and because of how it felt, because of knowing like that Marcus Phoenix has lived his entire life pretty much in a world where the locusts have taken over. And like, yeah, the feeling that you get from achieving the things you do as Marcus Phoenix, like, Everybody plays Marcus Phoenix the same way. Everybody yeah. plays Nathan Drake the same way. There's very little choice in those games as far as, like, who you are, what you do. Yeah. Whereas in a game like The Witcher, you know, you can customize your armor, your weapons, and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah. I don't know, it's just interesting to think about, like, how different some of these, like, single-player story-driven games are, like, at their core to yeah. other ones, you know?
1: Yeah. What do you What do you think about, like... In, in your hero's journey, do you like villains that are, like, the foil to the main character? Or do you like the villains that just kind of exist in the world and the main character has to take care of it? Uh, it
0: it definitely depends. Like, I, I think as a general rule, I like the main character to have some type of emotional connection to the villain. Yeah. Um, because that makes it even more driving. Like I said, like like Marcus Phoenix and the Locust. Like, yeah. I like... Well, no, not so much, but you know, like, uh, I don't know. the the
1: example that I have is like two examples of like the foil. We talked about it a bit in in the past, but um, and uh, it's super silly, but it is true. Um, Raiden and uh, Jetstream Sam in Metal mm. Rising, like he is the foil. He is you. He has all the same abilities as you. He's just better at you than using them, and like getting to the point where you can finally defeat him. Senator Armstrong, to a lesser extent. Because uh, he's just kind of like the final hurdle to to overcome, but like that 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 boss fight specifically, that's what he's designed to be. He is your foil. He is right, your opposite. Right, right. Dante and Virgil, same thing. They're brothers. They're yeah. foils of each other. And then there are games like you know Mass Effect, where like you know some of the Reapers are like you know sentient beings that he has com- conversed with mm. but it, it's it the emotional investment doesn't come from the fact that the reapers are a foil to shepherd it comes
0: from the fact that that shepherd lives in that galaxy and doesn't want it destroyed i think the best example of a foil in the mass effect universe is the elusive man yeah like the elusive yeah. man the elusive is man is the foil. shepherd's yeah. foil yeah and he was one of the most compelling things to me about mass effect 3. yeah um but I guess it's it's a weird example, two weird examples to draw. But like I guess what I'm talking about is Crash Bandicoot and Neo Cortex. Yeah, Crash has an emotional connection to Dio. Look, I know it's no, fucking no. Crash Bandicoot. I, but I like, would
1: say I would say that like Cortex is Crash's foil. Like, yeah. the
0: Like a foil is just the opposite yeah. of who you are. And- but like you know Cortex created Crash, so yeah. there's that emotional connection there. Versus a villain like Coriffius. Yeah. Who has no connection whatsoever to the main character that you play. Criffis uh, is the main villain in uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. He's just the bad guy. Yeah. And he's the bad guy because he's the bad guy and he did horrible things thousands of years ago. And that's why he's the bad guy. Yeah. You don't have any personal connection to him, but he's still this super evil thing that you have to kill. That's true. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, that's it was well done for what it was, you know, like it was really well done for what that was, but I definitely prefer a villain that you have an emotional connection to. And then yeah, you're like, well, Oh no, I knew this person or. Yeah. because well, if you
1: like have an emotional him. connection to the villain, the heroism of the main character is explored very differently.
0: Yeah. And the, and the payoff feels better. Yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah. But like, cause you know, like
1: it's, it's a, it's a trope for sure. But so very often, if the main character has an emotional connection to the villain, does their, morality sway in yeah, certain situations exactly. you know what i mean and that's the kind of stuff i like i don't necessarily like like anti-heroes uh or like you know the bad guy or like the shitty people that just kind of like stumble Do into good doing stuff. good things yeah and i don't like heroes that are just like i am always amazing and good and a paragon of heroism i like the heroes that are like on that straight path but every now and then take a step out of the line yeah, like you know i agree I mean? I agree. That's yeah. why that's why I liked um that's part of the reason why I like Fallen Order so much. Because Cal is very much straight line, but every now and then there's moments in that game where it's like emotions get high and, you know, the best decision isn't made.
0: Yeah, I like and Matt and I had a little bit of a conversation before we started recording today, but like I I like it when the heroes have to make choices. And I like when the heroes make mistakes and you know, they they have to deal with the repercussions there. Uh, we were, we were talking about just D and D and like kind of what's happening in our campaign right now. But um, without getting too much into that, like, yeah, I like, I like watching the hero struggle. Like I yeah. like watching the hero think to himself, like shit, maybe I'm not doing this right. Maybe there's a better option and an easier option. Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah. No, I, I love that. Um, But you know, at the end, at the end of the day, I don't, unless it's done really well, I don't like it when the villain, like, shifts to the bad side you know what I mean like in cases of like Alex Mercer it makes sense in cases of like when the a- hero shifts yeah. to the bad side when a- oh, okay. you know when Anakin falls to the dark side of course it makes sense and it's this big emotional thing but I feel like for every one time that it's done in a way that I'm like oh that was great there's like 10 times where I'm like okay
0: yeah it was, right. it was like really shoehorned yeah right all right
1: yeah you know so I-, I like it when I like starting as a hero and ending as a hero and then like the middle getting complicated cuz yeah. if
0: if there's a villain threatening the world things things are going to go weird. Yeah, and I feel like it's done a lot, but I really like when the villain is start as a hero and as a villain. Like I like that. Yeah. I like, I like it that. when the bad guy is somebody who was when, faced with the same decisions that you are faced with, but they make the bad one and yeah. you make the good one. Like I like I like that story.
1: Do you, do you like villains? Do you like like twist villains? Like villains that like Maybe they're your friend in the beginning part of yeah. the game, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, sorry, I'm evil now.
0: Yeah, I do. I just, it depends on how it's done, but I like it I like it two different ways. So I like when they were literally the villain the whole time, and they pretended to be yeah, your friend, yeah, yeah, they yeah. pretended to be a good guy. But I also like it when they were your friend, and they were sincerely your friend and tried to do the right thing, and then something happened, and now they're the bad guy. And, like, yeah. it's a legitimate full... Like conversion. Like I, like, I like it both of those ways. I, I think I prefer always the villain. It just depends how the it's
1: villain. done. Because the, the two examples that are coming to mind for like always the villain are like, you know, Guilty Spark and uh, Solace.
0: But Solace wasn't always the villain, he was a hero. He was like objectively in- a hero to the elven people, and then he made a decision that made him. Well, I'm talking about always a villain in
1: the context of like from when you meet him in Oh, got you. You know what I mean? Like, like, like in no matter what, he's going the, the bad guy. Like, yeah, yeah, because yeah. he gave Corypheus the orb. Yeah,
0: yeah, I you got know? you. I got you.
1: Um, and then, like you know, obviously, Guilty Spark. When you meet him, he's like, "Oh, hey, let's go check out this fun, crazy, kooky library. Ha ha, it'll be great. Nothing that'll mm-hmm. happen."
0: Yeah, and then. I- that that brings up an interesting topic, because is Guilty Spark a bad guy, or is he just a robot that is programmed to eradicate the universe I when think, he needs to? I like, think
1: Guilty Spark has enough sentience, because isn't that like a concept in Halo, is like when an AI gains sentience, they like go crazy or some shit like that?
0: Uh, Yeah, it's it's one of the concepts, it's when an AI has been alive too long, they start to like recursive functions or something and then their brain just explodes i forget the term because oh, I, I think like it. i i remember the, like i remember like i don't know why but rampancy ran-
1: i don't know why but i remember guilty spark like being intentional in what he was doing you Well, know he turns
0: his, his little eyeball turns red at the end of the game um and it's implied that oh like guilty spark just went rampant because he's oh, okay. been millions of years he's been doing this but I don't but know, like
1: from from the point
0: from the moment that you meet him in the first game, Guilty Spark knows what he wants to do. Well, he doesn't. I don't. I don't think he knows what's going on because like like the flood escape, yeah, and that's when he's like, oh shit! Well, we better light the rings and destroy literally everything. But Got it. at the okay. end of the Fair day, enough. he's an AI that's just doing what he was programmed to do. He's still a villain. Yes, he's his his points <laughs> are counter to our points, so <laughs> yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. him the bad guy. But. Uh, but objectively though, you know,
1: that that is the way to stop the flood. <laughs> mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah, starve them. Kill everything. That is not inaccurate. Um yeah. What do you think uh like I I I know the answer to this, but so that so that the people at home know the answer to this. Uh what do you think about just like the straight man hero?
0: Yeah, I just don't like straight man heroes. Uh the I chief and Yeah, like like we talked about, they're the good guy because they're the good guy, and they only ever do good guy things, and that's it. Aha! Go save the world. Like I, like I said, I like I like good guys that make mistakes and screw up and do evil things sometimes, and then they're like, "Oh shit, I did an evil thing. I have to deal with the ramifications. I have to make this right." Like I, I don't know. Like people like Chief and you know, externally, like on the surface, Geralt, right? Of, of yeah, course, like I, once that, you dig in. Yeah,
1: that, that, it makes me so sad because for all of our listeners at home that have played Witcher, he's never gotten to the point where the, like, uh he hasn't gotten to the point where he rescues Ciri yet, which is like the kind of like later midpoint of the game. And then that's that's when all the juiciness happens, man. That's when the game kicks up to 10. That's when you find out that Geralt was a member of the Wild Hunt. That's when you find out uh, all the stuff about Ciri and her blood. And that's when you, uh, it's so yeah. good.
0: I don't, I don't know, like, another great example, like, a show that I wasn't really super big on was Mandalorian, because he's just this very generic, I am going to save the world, like, I know, I know he wasn't trying to save yeah. Me, yeah. but, like, just the, like, I am here, and I have job to do, and I will do job, and that's it, like, I want to see, I don't know, I want to see emotion, I want to see, I want to see Anakin Skywalker, I like, I want to see... I, I don't know. Have I you just,
1: seen Have you seen season two
0: of The Mandalorian? Yes, I did. You and saw all of it. I've heard season three sucks. I've heard a lot. Uh, of I, heard that say I heard that really season. I heard season it.
1: three had a rough start, but uh, the last few episodes, I've been hearing everybody say oh, okay. that it's like picking up.
0: Yeah, I'm doing the same thing you are. I'm just waiting until the whole thing. Comes yeah, out because I, watch
1: uh, it. I, I guess there's a lot of stuff. Because uh, I guess Bo Katan has a dark saber now, so Mandalorian stuff is happening. Oh, you know, Mandalorian is about Mandalorians.
0: Another great example of a hero that I love, Andor. Like, I don't know if you watched through the whole series, but like, he's just this scumbag dude that gets wrapped up in doing the right thing because he sees so much horrible shit happen that he's like, you know what? Like, I'm going to do something about this. And he like makes the right decision. Like, I love that. I love that he started off as this just absolute scumbag. Yeah. Um and, like, you know, ultimately did something really good with his life. Yeah, I love that. Um, Like, I'd rather watch that hero than, you know, like, a Mandalorian type. Yeah.
1: One of my favorite—it's uh, a morality system, but, again, we've discussed I can't make bad decisions. One of my favorite hero journeys in recent media is uh, Arthur Morgan. Yeah. Because the second he realizes that he's dying— he starts to just go on this fucking quest to mm-hmm. to undo all of the wrong that he did. Yeah. Uh, and I love that. He
0: starts looking inwards. Like, yeah. I, I just got goosebumps. Like, it's yeah. such a beautiful story because for most of the game, you're just like, all right, whatever Dutch says, like, he's the boss. And then, yeah, as soon as that yeah, it's happens. It's like chapter
1: five or something yeah. like that where you, you fall down and actually go to the doctor.
0: Yeah, and it's like that event happens together with when the gang itself kind of starts falling apart. And yeah. so those two things combine. And Arthur Morgan is like, hold up, wait a minute. Let's take a look at all this. Like yeah. maybe we're going about this the wrong way. Yeah. Maybe we're not good people. <laughs> maybe we suck. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love that story. Yeah. That is an absolutely beautiful arc with or without the morality system. Like yeah. no matter what decisions you make, like it's a beautiful story. Well,
1: if you make the scumbag decisions, it kind of sucks. It it's does cuz Arthur is just all all he cares about is the money even yeah. until the point even when he dies but yeah. like if you make the good decisions and actually go back and talk to the people that you've met throughout the game and like do all those side yeah. quests and stuff it just rips your heart out dude for sure um yeah i i can't uh, we've already talked about Red Dead 2 a lot i can't say enough good stuff about it funnily enough i i've never really liked John Marston as a character
0: yeah he's a great example of straight man just like I'm a guy and I'm gonna do guy stuff. Here we go. I, I don't think he was too
1: straight, man, because there is a lot of compelling, like, emotional drive in the first game. With, I, especially with the context of the second game and how it ended, like, you know, trying to keep his homestead and his family alive and safe from government agents.
0: So for me, uh, when Red Dead Redemption 1 came out, I played maybe a couple hours of it and I got bored because I don't like John Marston as a character in Red Dead 1 because they didn't do enough to set up any kind of like I don't know. I just didn't like him. He was just very generic and very like, oh, man, I'm going to do the right thing and I'm going to help you out on your farm. And like, I, I don't think I ever got past the farm with Bonnie McFarland. Do you I think know how the game ends? Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I've. Oh, man. I like, did Nightmare, dude. I watched playthroughs. It's OK, fine. cool. But Yeah. Like for I, I don't like
1: John Marston as a character, but I love the story of the first game. Yes. And absolutely. I, the moment that I realize like, OK, maybe I do care about John Marston a little bit is the very end. Because the very end of the game did almost yeah, yeah. make me fucking cry.
0: Yeah, but and what I love about how they did it is, like, I never played through Red Dead 1 because I lost interest in the character, but obviously I played through all of Red Dead 2, and then at the end there's the epilogue where you are John Marston, and, like, yeah, just that, I like based on what Arthur Morgan did for you, I immediately was, immediately was like, I am now connected to John Marston. Like, yeah. I now love this character yeah and uh yeah the ending of one just the ending of red dead two made the ending of red dead one that much better for me. Yeah, yeah that's true because it's this beautiful really dark he went, twisted he went, story he went
1: down the same way that arthur did protecting the people that he loves
0: but and that's the beauty of it for me and like the dark twisted nature of it is like Arthur Morgan went down saying, like, John, go build a better life. Yeah. And then John did not build a better life. John went through the exact same cycle that Arthur Morgan did. And then John died saying, hey, son, go build a better life. And then at the end of the game, guess what? Jack Marston doesn't do it either. Jack Marston's going down the same. And that I love that storytelling because it's just like. You want so badly for the yeah. good guy to finally make the well, right I mean, choice, but then you don't have video games anymore. I
1: will I will argue that John did everything right. It was the government agents that betrayed him at the very end. Right, right, right. Like he did everything right. Like the government agents came to him and were like, hey, we're like we have all of this evidence and crap against you. But if you want to keep your farm and keep your life going the way that it's going to go, you're going to help us hunt down the rest rest of your old gang. And it's like, OK, yeah, I'll do it. I re- literally don't have a choice. And then at the very end of the game, he got betrayed. So yeah. it's like I would argue that in some ways he did build a better life because he tried. Yeah. And, you know, but his son killing the government agent is kind of like, yeah, it's like what you said. It's the repeating of that cycle.
0: And that's I love that. Like, that's why the game is called Red Dead Redemption, because you're just. No matter what character you play, it's always a story about redemption. Yeah, and you never get your redemption.
1: I would love Red Dead Three as uh, as Jack Marston. That'd be cool.
0: And I would love that game to finish with Jack Marston sitting on a porch of a farmhouse, overlooking all of his kids play. Yeah, and or like it ends with Jack Marston being like in his seventies, sitting on that same porch, and he says something like, "Wow, the past forty years have been wonderful." thanks dad and yeah. like that's how it ends like i would love to see an actual redemption
1: yeah the game the it, it end so to yeah. speak but yeah no arthur morgan's journey is incredible i i wish that we could get more arthur morgan if only to hear uh roger clark talk more
0: <laughs> yeah i don't know i i disagree i think that like I think it's one of those things, like, don't don't bring back... His story's told, it's done, it's perfect, yeah. don't yeah. fuck it up. I know. I, don't fuck I, it up. I
1: remember reading someone saying something like, oh, I'd love another game where it's like, you know, when Arthur joined the gang or stuff like that, and I'm like, I'm okay. Yeah, I don't need it. I don't I'm need good. it. his
0: story is perfect, it, it, don't fuck it up. Uh, don't bring him back.
1: One thing I'm very nervous about, but also potentially very excited about, I don't know if it's confirmed yet... But there's a lot of conversation going around about a uh, like a a Red Dead Redemption uh, like Amazon show or like Netflix show or Hulu show or something mm. like that. I'd be down if it's done perfectly. If it's done perfectly, it'd be great because like Red Dead Two should have been like a a, a movie. Like the, it could have been an incredible
0: movie. The but. problem with doing like movies or TV shows about video games for me personally is. If the story has already been told, I don't want to watch a movie of the same story. Like, yeah, it'd be cool and kind of novelty. Like, oh, hey, look, it's the same story I've seen just done in real time with real actors. Yeah. But also, like, I think these production companies kind of have the same outlook where they're like, okay, well, we're going to take these characters. We're going to tell a different story. And that's where people get butthurt and upset about it, like with the Halo one. Yeah. Like, they're like, hey, we're going to take this universe and just do something different with the character. And people are upset about it because they're like, no, I want exactly what happened, but with, you know, live action. And it's like, then just go play the games and pretend. Like, go play the games.
1: I, I will say, uh, the the I heard that the Last of Us TV adaptation was yes. very faithful. I've heard very, a very, lot good.
0: of people say that it's just spot on and, yeah. like, exactly what happened. I've seen,
1: like, game. shots from the show that perfectly line up with yeah. shots in the game and stuff. I'm like, that's awesome. I would love that for Red Dead, but... Yeah, one Last of our of listeners Us.
0: is a big Last of Us fan. Um, I, the
1: games. I was a Last of Us fan, and then the second game came out, and then I was no longer a Last of Us fan.
0: Because hmm. yeah. the Last
1: of Us 2. Listen, this is a hill that I'll die on. A lot of people are like, you just didn't understand the story. Yeah, I understood the story, and it sucked. <laughs> Literally. So the, the plot of the game, I'm going to spoil it because I'm mad about it. It sucks so bad. The doctor that you kill at the end of The Last of Us to save Ellie, uh, his daughter like kills Joel because he killed her dad, and Joel literally doesn't even go down with a fight. Like mm. he just gets bludgeoned to death while Ellie watches, and it's just it sucks. It's so yeah. Joel would have won that if the if the game developers weren't like, oh, he's gonna die. Like yeah, right. In universe, he should have won that fight. Yeah. Um, and then Ellie goes on this super crazy quest for revenge get to Abby kill her she killed Joel like she goes off the deep end and then she gets to the very end of the game she gets to Abby she won the fight she's killing Abby and then she's like no this is wrong this is wrong I can't do this and I'm like just fucking kill her dude god (laughs) Uh, it pissed me off so bad The Last of Us 2 sucks it's okay. so bad. That is my hard opinion. You can fight Good me. In the, you can find me in the comments. You can find me in Discord. Last of Us Two sucks. <laughs> I was so pissed because I loved the first game. It was great. I loved it. It was a great story, beautiful story, great acting. Trey Baker and Ashley Johnson are, are they play off of each other so well? They the incredible performances, and then Last of Us Two sucked. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't doubt that they're incredible games. I I don't know. I've just never played them. I don't. So it, it's a zombie game, right? It, in a way. Yeah, I yeah. hate and I always have. I don't know why, but I hate zombie games.
1: I hate zombie games because there's too many.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. There's just nothing interesting to me about zombie games.
1: The, the reason that The Last of Us 2 or The Last of Us rather stuck out to me more because there's a lot of zombie games that are about the zombies. Mm. The last of us is about the Joel and Ellie yeah, and it's just backdropped in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, And, and that's, it- that's why it worked for me. But by and large, like if like back for blood, I didn't care about it at all. Mm. Everyone's like oh it's like the next Left 4 Dead And I'm like well I didn't even really like Left 4 Dead Because you just shoot zombies
0: Yeah Dying Light I didn't care about Light was
1: I have have two I don't know if they're going to listen to this But I have two very good friends that are massive Dying Light fans I hated the first game I have one friend that is a massive Dying Light fan And both of my friends were like Oh Dying Light 2 is going to be great And I'm like guys it's going to suck It's going to bomb so hard And they're like no it's going to be amazing Like you see the trailer see the gameplay blah 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 like, they were super into it, and I was like, okay, and then the game came out, and then I caught them talking about, uh, in the Discord chat, I caught them talking, like, yeah, it's pretty disappointing, mm-hmm. like, I, you know, I was expecting more, blah, 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 and I was just like, I told you guys it was gonna <laughs> suck, and you didn't listen to me, and they were like, shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> so, I, I, I'm I, glad that I have that. They played it for, like, not even a week, and then never touched it again, hmm. and I'm like, yeah, because it was bad. Yeah. I just, uh, Dying Light was soulless. yeah protagonist yeah didn't care about like i didn't care about the protagonist the gameplay was boring zombie ai was bad the villains sucked it was it was ugh.
0: yeah it's just kind of more of the same yeah i don't i don't like if if i don't feel like the game has a soul i don't really want to play it
1: yeah speaking of games with souls with really 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 good protagonist mm-hmm. assassin's creed
0: the Mi- only reason that i ever play any assassin's creed game is because of the backdrop, the setting that it takes place in. I I've had this conversation with some friends of mine, like, I don't care about Desmond Miles. Like I don't care about the future. I don't care about Desmond Miles. Like I don't care about the present. I, no, care, I care about, about whoever it, the story is being told about.
1: Yeah, the assassin is definitely the focus, but Ezio uh is an incredible protagonist. He's mm-hmm. he's one of my favorite video game protagonists of all time, going from like a bratty angsty teen to like a very Mm well-learned wise old man, like incredible journey. And the thing that I love about it uh, that I was talking about early is like, Earlier is it's one of those stories where he starts as a good guy and ends as a good guy. And every now and then there's a step out of line. Like, even though he is an assassin and that is his job, Mm. he is a good guy. Like, objectively, he is a good person. And he is fighting the good fight because the Templars are uh, evil and crazy. I want Assassin's Creed to go back to being about that. Like, assassins and templars and all that stuff. I don't even know what the hell Assassin's Creed is about anymore. Like, you got, like, with Valhalla, you got, like, Vikings and magic. Yeah, I don't magic. know what's going on. Magic? like cool. Like, magic and, like,
0: actual, like gods and like it's, i don't know what's up anymore only assassins creed games that i have played are black flag which i wanted to play because pirates oh black flag was, it was incredible and it was incredible oh, i loved it so good I, would I
1: love black flag remaster
0: and i played odyssey which i loved and the only reason i played it was because ancient Egypt. greek Odyssey's ancient Greece. Why didn't you Greece. play Origins? I did play. I started playing Origins, but in Origins, there's that like they went really hard on RPG, and there's that like level based thing where you have to do side quests in order to like they progress. Went, they the story. went harder
1: on RPG and Odyssey.
0: No, they didn't. There they wasn't didn't... like uh, you didn't have to do as many side quests oh, okay. to get to the next story based mission. And like I started playing Origins, I loved the story, and then I I don't know I got locked somewhere. And I was like, I don't care about any of these side quests. And the world is so enormous that I really don't want to walk my ass all the way over here to pick up a side quest and do this. Like, I yeah. just want to progress the main story. And I, I got, like, you know, locked out pretty much. And then I just stopped playing it.
1: If it's, if it's ever on sale, you should, you should get, like, the Ezio collection and play it. Uh, Assassin's I, Creed 2 Brotherhood and Revelations. I've
0: tried to play Assassin's Creed 2 like a handful of times. I don't know why, but I just can't get into it. I don't know That's,
1: why. It's weird. It's yeah. It's incredible, man. I, I will never forget being a little kid and, and getting to the, the, the cutscene where your father gets hanged in public and like I remember that. Ezio. Ezio going and finding the, the, the like the assassin armor and stuff in the trunk and all of that. Mm-hmm. I also love the I love that your best friend is Leonardo da Vinci. That's hilarious. I loved that so much. Uh, but yeah, no man, Ezio as a hero was so cool because from start to finish he was a good guy, and every now and then he had a moment where he like you know you take a step off the beaten path. But yeah, just incredible. I loved I love 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 it.
0: Okay, so I I just did a Google real quick on what the next Assassin's Creed is, Assassin's Creed Mirage. Oh, it's the Japan one. I'm so no. fucking ag- Oh, which one is it's it? It's set in 9th century Baghdad during the Islamic Golden Age.
1: Oh, cuz they're they're making a they're making a, a Japan one after that one, I believe, and I'm very excited about it. Well, I'm a big fan of deserts, so I might play this one. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited for Ghost of Tsushima too. Jin Sakai was an incredible Man, speaking for for you, you know you you love your you love your degrading heroes, your heroes yeah. that start good and then end not good. Jin Sakai, his journey in Ghost of Tsushima was incredible because you start off as like an honor bound samurai because their that was their whole thing. It was code of honor. Mm-hmm. It was don't draw your sword unless you're fighting someone and only draw it to protect the innocent. And if you fight someone, you challenge them to a duel and beat them to their face. That kind of stuff. Right. And then the game opens with the beach assault. Everything goes to hell. Your grandfather, like adoptive father slash grandfather, um, gets kidnapped. But at the time you think he's dead and Jin just goes off the deep end. He starts Mm -hmm. using stealth. He starts using subterfuge. He starts assassinating. He starts sneaking around. And then by the time you rescue your grandfather, you have that moment where you're like, he's going to go back to doing what he used to do. He's going to go back to being an honor-bound samurai and everything's going to be great. And then you get to this point in this, like, assault where, like, like there's too, too much overwhelming force and, like, Jin is like, well, I could sneak in and, like, cause a diversion and do all this stuff. And your grandfather's like, what are you talking about? Right. And then you do it, you assassinate, you sneak in, you do all this stuff, and then you get to that point where your grandfather catches up to you and turns on you. Because you broke the code of honor and you're a monster now. And just the, the journey through the end of the game where he fully goes all in on, on this new lifestyle. And at the end of the game, the duel with your grandfather. It's just, it's incredible. Ghost of Tsushima was an incredible game. Super good story. Great hero's heroes journey. I mean, he's still a good guy, but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, but It's all about the lens that it's framed in. Uh, and uh, I'm super excited for Ghost of Tsushima too. I think it's going to be incredible. All right. We've been talking for over an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have
0: anything else? I don't have my to glasses add? on so I can't see the timestamp. 108. Holy moly. Yeah. No, that was a really, a really tangenty episode. I, our discussion
1: episodes are always just going to be tangent. Central.
0: Yeah. No, I like these though. It's a good, like little, a little refresher instead it's of just sticking to one topic. Yeah. We just like bounce all over the place. So yeah, I hope it's entertaining. I, I hope that people want to listen to this. <laughs> um, just to give you
1: guys a little bit of a, a preview for next week, um, we did intros so next episode we're gonna do outros um, cool so're next week look forward to us to chatting about our favorite game outros uh, ending missions like same kind of criteria like instead of beginning moments it's like the ending moment.
0: yeah, yeah yeah. I'd say last mission last mission up through to like epilogue. the end yeah. sequence. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, definitely cool yeah I'm excited to do that one. I haven't really thought about that too got a much. Week what we got a week we'll yeah. figure it
1: out. so all right on. well uh thank you guys so much for listening uh if you're listening to this on youtube please like and subscribe if you're listening to it on spotify uh
0: please give us a rating it helps a lot and i will not know until next week what kind of horrifying cursed thumbnail that uh we'll have for this so uh, sorry if it's weird we gotta make it weird Yeah, I guess we have to make it really weird now. Yeah, we have. Now that I said something
1: about it. We keep setting bars. (laughs) I feel like the, the nostalgia thumbnail is like peak creativity, and this one is just peak horror. Pete, creative. I just took a
0: bunch of nostalgic characters. And no, but put it, them was on like, a black it was like it was like
1: the Claudia Claudia Black with the like the the retro or the voice actor. Episode, oh, sorry. the voice actor. Like, one. Claudia, yeah, that was the best. Claudia Black with the retro wave, and then the, yeah, the, we had the pose standing on the, the TV cortex, the cortex TV. Yeah, yeah, that was a beautiful thumbnail. Yeah. so it was
0: aesthetically pleasing. Our
1: thumbnails are either going to be very well made or cursed. So. I think.
0: Yeah, I still think my favorite one is the Chicken Fight the Mages episode. Chicken Fight the Mages, yeah. is so
1: good. Uh, yeah, they're little chicken mages we'll check our cannon boys yeah all righty well you want to am i taking us out or are you taking us? I out? i can take us
0: out we okay. appreciate you guys so much for listening um if you made it all the way to this point thank you so much leave a comment in the discord and let us know that you made it all the way to this point because uh, we just kind of talked at each other for a while so uh yeah 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 what's your name my name is SJ. My name is Matthew. And thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of 10 Points of a Slashing. We will catch you next week. Thank you, guys. Woo!